Jeremiah 1, I want to talk real quickly about this. 1 verse 5. It's a a very famous verse. We love it. Pro-lifers use it as I do because it it is literally the, um, it has so much life and truth in it. It says this, Jeremiah, now the word Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. And it says this, I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now I want to break this down, this verse right here. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. It doesn't say I knew about you or I had thoughts towards you. It literally says before you were even in the womb, I knew you. Before you were a twinkle in mommy's eye, I knew you. In fact, not only did I know you, I consecrated you for something. Before you took a breath, I knew you. Before you could see, I knew you. And I have set you apart for such a time as this. What does consecrated mean? Set apart. Or the actual definition, the American definition would be translated, uh, would be this. Make or declare something or someone sacred for divine purpose. So before you were born, John, God consecrated you for something. Before you were born, Keith, before you were breath, God knew you and he said, Keith, I have consecrated you. I've set you apart for such a time as this. I mean, guys, this is huge. Our lives are not our own. He says this. I have appointed you, specifically, Jeremiah, a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Jeremiah says to God, alas, Lord God, alas, Lord God. Does anybody say that anymore? Alas. I'm going to start talking like that to my kids. Alas, I have told you to take out the trash. I don't even know what alas means. And then I'm going to say something really cool and go, Selah. Behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. This is, this is um, Jeremiah's excuse. We always have excuses, don't we? So Jeremiah's excuse was, God, I don't like this because you're going to send me as a prophet to the nations, but I don't know how to speak. Although I'm speaking to you now, I don't know how to speak. I'm doing what I'm saying I don't know how to do. It's an excuse. We all have excuses. Come on. And so God responds with this. Um, Do not say I am a youth. Now, he probably wasn't a youth. It's probably a bad translation. Theologians think he probably wasn't a youth. He was probably maybe not, not like a young man, maybe younger, but uh, it, was an, it was basically, um, it, it might be more appropriate translated, I have no experience in doing this. I mean, so 
youth or not, it's not the point. Basically, he's like, I have no experience doing it, either because I'm young or because I've never done it. And so God says, don't say I am a youth. What is God saying there? Don't give me your excuses. Don't say, uh, my dad was bad to me, and my mommy uh, was a terrible human, and I, and I, can't, I can't do this. And don't say, my, my, you know, whatever, I, 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 can't, um, I can't do this because uh, I don't have the schooling to do this, or, or whatever it is. God tells you to do it, and you give these excuses. Excuses. We all do it. And he says this, stop saying I'm young. Stop saying I'm inexperienced. I love this line. He goes, because everywhere I send you, you're going to go. He didn't say everywhere I send you, I want you to go. Everywhere I send you, you will go. Free will? What's going on here? Everywhere I send you, you're going how many have been in a situation where you go, God, I know you're asking me to do something, but this really feels more like you're telling me and like I have no choice here. Like, do I have free will or what? I've been there. Anybody been there? Um, I've been there a few times where it's like God's saying, I want you to go do this. And I go, no, I don't want to do that. Well, you're going to do it, son. Yeah, there is free will. I could run and be an idiot and run from Daddy God. Why would I do that, though? Uh, when, when we were, uh, I was newly married, and we were living in Seattle, and the Lord told us, he said, I want you to sell the house, and I want you to move to the middle of California. Nowhere, California, Central Valley, a town called Turlock. It's as bad as it sounds. And we we're like, we we're kind of excited about it, but uh, okay, so, so we got to Turlock, and, and we got there, and as soon as we got there, I went, oh, whoops, I think you made a mistake. So I'm ready to go back. Nope, you're here, and you're staying here. I don't want to be here. You're staying here. In two years from that church, he said, I want you now to, I'm sending you out into the wilderness. I didn't know at the time it was a wilderness. Sometimes God's real good not to tell us. I want, you to quit. I want you to quit that job at the, at the church, and I want you just to do what I, just go where I tell you to go. So uh, I resigned, and then for two years, my wife and I were kind of in the wilderness. And then we actually wanted to move, maybe uh, we were going, maybe going to Southern California, and, uh, but we didn't have a, a spot there. And then one day, uh, God says, I want you to move to Las Vegas. And we said, No. Most of you, a lot of you know the story, right? And so we got a call from my buddy. Hey, you want to move to Vegas? I'm like, no, Vegas is terrible. Everybody in Vegas is having an affair. And there's, uh, there's half-naked people everywhere you go. And it's Sin City and blah, 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 blah. This is what I thought. And so um, I asked my wife, hey, you want, to go, you want to move to Vegas? She goes, heck no. So for eight months, the Holy Spirit was impressing upon me that we were moving to Vegas. I almost had no choice in the matter. I did, but I didn't, right? We ended up moving here, getting very comfortable as the worship pastor. Everything was wonderful. I was so comfortable. We were going to make music, and we were doing all, we were starting to do these things, and all of a sudden, God says, I want you now to pastor the church. I said, no! I don't want him Alas! Selah! No! It was 
was in the moments like this when I, when I realized, God, I know you're calling me to do this. I don't want to do it, but I don't feel like I have a choice. Why? Because I'm an obedient son, because I understand obedience is better than sacrifice. So even though I do have free will, I know who I am. And if God says to go, I'm going to go. Period. It's dumb to run from God. It's dumb to run from your call. You'll be absolutely miserable. And everybody around you will be miserable. So, anyway. I love Psalm, Psalm 139. For you formed me in my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Sometimes you just have to look in the mirror and like that old SNL sketch, you know, I am beautiful, I am, but this is, this is scripture, I am fearfully, Rhonda, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, you are not a mistake, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, God consecrated you for such a time as this, <laughs> anyway, there we go. It says this, when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me. How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. This is how God looks at you. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If I could count as many times as God thinks about me, they would outnumber the sand. If you could understand the depths of the love of the Father for you, your mind would be blown. You would never question him ever again. Because it's like this in a marriage. We tell, uh, if we counsel uh, married couples, you have to be able to look at your, your, your spouse, and even when it's just like, ah, now my wife and I never fight. Actually, we don't really fight that much, to be honest with you. Um, but if we do, I can look at her, and I know even though she's being a right now, it's her fault. Always. It's always my fault, usually. I understand her best interests are for me. Like, her best is still for me. And so you have to look at God like that. God, your best is for me. Even if I don't understand it, I don't like it. I understand that you're, you are smarter than me and your bests are for me. So I'm going to walk out what you've asked me to do because you've consecrated me before I was even born. You've consecrated me to do this thing. And then we go on. God says to Jeremiah, and all that I command you, you shall speak. All that I command you, you shall speak. You know, I've been up here sometimes before, and especially like during like transitional times, and I am going, okay, God, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Because anybody that's preached or been up in a position like this, man, there is a, a weight. It's, a, it's lightweight because God's burden is light, is light, but there's a weight that we carry that when I speak what is the words of heaven or wisdom from heaven, some of you may actually, you know, grab hold of it and walk it out. Most of you probably ignore me, but that's fine. <laughs> especially, if I'm, if, especially if I'm like, I believe this is the word of the Lord, right? Anybody that prophesies. And so there are times that I'm up here where I am, I am going for it, 
music's playing, I'm going for it. And I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just saying it. Now, sometimes I do that and it's really terrible. Like if I'm at home or something or if I'm my friends, I'm like, oh, I just said that. That's dumb. Anybody that knows me is like, ah, John will know. Oh, I said that, didn't I? I thought it, but for some reason I said it. This is things where I'm not even thinking about. I'm talking about Holy Spirit rests on you. Bam. You just start speaking. And I've been up here. I'm like, it's like I'm looking at myself doing this. Anybody been like that? Anybody in ministry been like that? Ministering or prophesying someone, speaking over someone? I've done it in counseling sessions with people where I'm counseling somebody and all of a sudden these words come out of me and I'm like, wow, that was good. That's worth a hundred bucks right there. You know, and, I, and, then, and then they'll leave and I'll be like, God, where did that come from? The wisdom from heaven. That was incredible. Why? Because if you let him speak through you, he will. Um, it also reminds me of, there's a verse, let me see if I can, if I wrote it down. Yeah, I didn't write it down, but um, uh, somewhere in the New Testament, Jesus tells his disciples, you will be um, taken in front of synagogues and authorities and leaders and, and because of your faith in me. And don't worry about what to say because the Holy Spirit will teach you what to say. So it's the same concept. Don't defend yourself. Let God defend you. But it'll come out of your mouth. Just let him speak through you. And that's what he's saying to Jeremiah. He's saying, where, where, where you go, where I send you, you will go. And what I say, you will speak. And then he says this, do not be afraid of them. Who's them? You know who them is in your life. Don't be afraid of them. And he says this, because I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my lip, Jeremiah's lip. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and break down to destroy and to overthrow. Well, we're Christians. We don't destroy anything. Read the Bible. We destroy sickness, that's for sure. We destroy anything that comes against the name of the Father. I'm destroying. Now, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in the spiritual realm, man. Um, Mindsets that try to attack your mind, that come into your life. You see your, your, your family members that are doing things that they shouldn't, and it's like, you, you, need, you need like this, you almost have this like righteous anger sometimes over things, right? You look at happenings in the world, and if you're like me, you grab this righteous anger, and you're like, this cannot happen on my watch, to destroy and to overthrow, and I love this, to build and to plant. God, Jesus says, I'll build my church, right? We talked about last week. We're to build the kingdom or we're to release the kingdom. So when we're building, we're building up kingdom things. And so while the, while the chaos is happening around the world and they're doing all the things that wanna, what they want to do, you and me, God's people, sons and daughters of God, what we're doing, we're building and we're planting. We're building 
and we're planting. We're going everywhere. We're building and we're planting. I'm building up my family and I'm planting, well, maybe you're building, planting more family in the seed uh, for later on. Hey, listen, we're supposed to have children if we can have children. If we can have children, this is the first commandment we talked about a while ago, uh, right? And so if you can have children, have children. Uh, Some of you, I'm going to go down this hole. I'm not going to go down this hole, actually. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. I want more kids, by the way. And my wife says we're done at four. So I'm kind of preaching to myself here. But when, when we build things, we're building things for the kingdom of heaven that will stand the test of time. Why? Because we build on the rock. When we plant things, we're planting things in good soil that will rise up in due time and they will bloom and they will shine the light of heaven like this. I was thinking about this. When we see political um, assignments against the church, oh, it's almost voting season. Someone asked about, I'm not going to tell you to vote. There you go. Tony wants me to tell the church to vote. Vote or don't vote, but um, be led by the Holy Spirit. Actually, I I would encourage you to vote, actually. yeah, there you go. I would encourage you to vote. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but, but ask the Holy Spirit who to vote for. Um, but there, like both parties are whatever, but I see like we're planting, we're planting uh, seeds in the political ground that, that one day men and women of God that have kingdom mindsets will rise up and say, enough of the political shenanigans, and we're going to start operating from a kingdom mindset. Now, these people don't even have to be, like, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean I'm going to elect you to office. I'm going to vote you into office. Like, that, that, some Christians are idiots. So it just doesn't mean that. Hopefully, they have a kingdom mindset. But, but we need p- politicians to, to rise up and say, hey, the, 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 the core value of America is freedom. That's the core value of America. Listen, if the, if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. Do you understand that God wants free countries? Communism is of Satan. It's demonic. Communism is demonic. I will even say socialism is starting to move into the demonic realm. This is not freedom. If the sun sets you free. So political realms should be free. So I am waiting for the time when we have planted in the seed. Someone has planted where politicians, lawyers, actors, right? Writers, people at key positions will, will rise up from the ground and they will say, okay, enough. Even in the church, pastors rise up and say, enough. We're going to serve God. And so when everybody is freaking out, we just build and we plant. And then verse 11, the Lord says this. The word of the Lord came to me saying, this is Jeremiah. What do you see, Jeremiah? And he says this. I see a rod of an almond tree. Then the Lord said, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Now, why this is really cool. Do you know the... Do you know the uh, implications of this verse. You know what an almond tree is? So he's asking Jeremiah, what do you see? And he says, man, I can see in the spirit. I can see prophetically. I see the rod of an almond tree and it's starting to come up. And God says, you've seen well. I'm going to watch my work. Watch everything. Every promise that I've spoken over you is going to be fulfilled. I'm watching my words over you. 
The almond tree, they say, is the first tree to wake up before spring. It's not the first tree of spring. It wakes up before spring. It alerts all the other trees. Guess what? Winter is over. Springtime is coming. So he says, I see an almond tree. You know why you see an almond tree, Jeremiah? Because winter is almost over. This is a word for some of you. Your winter is almost over. Springtime is coming. So I'm going to ask you this question. What have you been consecrated for? What have you been consecrated? I've got all these notes here. When I was reading this and studying this, I, it, it really hit me. I'm like, God, you know, um, we, we all literally have this divine call and this divine purpose on our life. And for some reason, I feel like we often despise it and we want to kind of do our own thing. And then we wonder why we're in so many financial burdens, health issues, misery, depression, and it could be, I'm not saying always, but it could be that the reason why we're having so many problems is because we are walking outside of the call of God on our life and the divine purpose he created for us. And if we just get under alignment with what heaven says about us and to us and has designed for us, all these things would come into order and we would see the blessing of heaven in every area of our life. Now, I'm not saying that is always the case, but I'm wondering if that's the case for some of us. And as I was reading this, I'm like, okay, God, I want to make sure that I'm walking as a consecrated servant of you, doing exactly what you've called me to do. Because if you had asked me at 12 years old, I would have said, no chance I'm going to pastor a church in Las Vegas, Nevada. No chance. I would have laughed in your face. Man, I'm going to be a, I'm going to, I'm going to be a professional athlete. That's what I wanted to be. I'm not going to respond to your cackle. You don't know how good I was in high school. What? Yeah, that's right. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be an athlete. I wanted to, I wanted to have movies and studios and make Grammy records and all this. Now, I can do all this stuff. The professional athlete, maybe I'm a little too late for that, but... There's the other stuff, right? Um, you know what? Is that Rhonda again? Anytime anybody said I couldn't do something, I did it. Anybody said I couldn't do something, I did it. I was in an Ironman football league, which is um, tackle with no pads. We're all adults. You know, we're all in our 20s. And... Um, they're like, you can, they're like, we need, the, the, my team need a quarterback. And I said, I'll play. And they're like, you can't play quarterback. Oh, I can't play quarterback? Watch me. MVP of that league. Don't tell me I can't do something. Now, that's actually, that's actually a kingdom thing, too. Is, um, don't, don't tell the church we can't discuss the things of God. Don't tell us that. We're going to do it harder. <laughs> right? Don't tell me when I can and can't worship government. Don't try to shut us down. You will lose this battle every time. 
Um, I was distracted. Oh, so as a 12-year-old, I would have said, no chance. I'm going to pastor a church. But guess what? God had his own plan for me. I don't know what it's going to look like in 10 years. I have no idea. But I know that I was consecrated before I was even formed for such a time as this. And if I decide to walk out of the call of God, then I'm going to walk into a bunch of junk. And I don't want to do that. So the question for all of us today is, are you doing what God's asked you to do? Where's JD? I need my keyboards up here. This is JD's first time on the keyboards, by the way. He did a great job. We're going to walk, we're going to watch you walk up there and get set up. It's usually a little more subtle, but it's your first time. So, um, there he is. As soon as you play those keys, the Holy Spirit will fall. Whoa, there it is. All right. A little less volume. There we go. It's good. It's it's just all good. But I had to ask myself the question as I'm reading and I'm studying this, God, am I doing what you've called me to do? And am I not just doing it, but am I thriving in it? And am I complaining? Am I despising the gift and the call? I don't want to do any of that. So I had to come to Jesus moment like, God, if there's been anything in me of any of the assignments that you've had for me or the things that you've set me apart for that I have that I've had a bad attitude about I, I, I repent I repented and I said I want to walk in the fullness of the call and so this morning I ask you will you walk in the fullness of God's call will you ask God see the thing about cool thing about Jeremiah is God told Jeremiah I have consecrated you as a prophet of the nation sometimes we don't know right away and we got to ask God what have you consecrated me for God it might not look like what you think it looks like you know so just take about a one minute and everybody with your eyes closed just ask the holy spirit what have you consecrated me for i want to do exactly what you've created me to do even if i'm afraid remember don't be afraid he said don't be afraid i'll give you words to speak this, some of you will stand before kings. Some of you are holding so tightly to what you think should happen. And God's saying, he told this to me a few years ago too, he said, let go a little bit of what that, what you're holding on to. Just don't hold so tightly to it so I can move in that area. So some of you need to release a little of that grip on your situation. 
Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your job. I don't know. Just release that grip just a little bit so the Holy Spirit has room to do what he wants to do. And I want you to to understand that you carry the presence of the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, literally, the Bible says, lives inside of you. So when God says, I want you to go and I want you to say this, just do it understanding that all of heaven is behind you and God is not going to set you up for failure. God, where you say to go, we will go. What you say to say, we will say. What you do, we will do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, we are, we are, the Bible says, we are a peculiar people. He's talking about Israel, but we're grafted in. We are a peculiar people. Some of us more peculiar than others. But um, this week, just maybe read, read that Jeremiah 1 again, just that first part. And, um, and just kind of sit in, like I did this, right? Just sit in the presence of God and say, God, uh, what have you consecrated for me for? And then at the very end of the verse, 19, God says to Jeremiah, they will fight against you, but they will not overcome you. They will fight against your family, but they will not overcome your family. They will fight against you, maybe at your workplace. They will not overcome you at your workplace. The political realm will fight against you in some instances, but they will not overcome you. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Amen. Come on, stand.